Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Welcome to uh, Oceans Church. Everybody doing good so far? You having a good time? We're having a good time. Having a good time. Well, I'm excited. It's going to be a good day. If you're uh, brand new to our church, uh, my name is Mark. My wife's Rochelle. This is Oceans Church. We believe in the Bible. We believe that what God did in the Bible, he still does today. It's not weird. Some churches are a little bit strange because they believe that God stopped working and stopped doing things. And God somehow went on a retirement early trip. He's golfing in the cosmos. He kind of left his kids unattended. And uh, maybe he's out there somewhere, but he doesn't really care about us here and now. But I want you to know that we believe in a God that is personal. It's personal. Come on, say it with me, personal. And so uh, I want to tell you today, uh, we're, we're excited. This is Easter week. This is Palm Sunday. And if you don't believe in God, this is like the Super Bowl of Christianity. This is the week that Jesus came in riding on a little donkey, that he actually did a crazy week of ministry. There was all kinds of things that Jesus did this week. There was, uh, he had a really busy week. Uh, actually, to be truthful, about, uh, about, about two-fifths of the book of Matthew is about the last week of Jesus' life. Three-fifths of Mark, one-third of Luke, and literally 50% of the book of John is about the last seven days of Jesus' life. So most people underestimate that, you know, out of 200 and, uh, uh, out of, after 260 chapters, 89 of those chapters in the New Testament are about the last week of Jesus' life. So pretty wild, but uh, if you have your Bible today, you can turn with me. I want to go to two passages. We're going to go to Luke chapter 19. And I want you to get another hand and put it in Psalms 118. Is that all right? <clears throat> Two passages today. And uh, when you get there, say, I'm there. If you're new to our church, I'm going to read a few verses out of these passages. Please pay attention. Everything that I teach on after the reading is connected to what I read. Why would I do that? Because I believe that God will speak to you out of his word. He doesn't speak through pastors and preachers and their opinions. He validates his presence by his written word. And so uh, I'm going to do my very best to just read his word, declare his word, and invite God to breathe on it for you. And I, I believe whether it's your very first time in your whole life, ever being intense, being in a church, sitting in yellow or blue chairs, or if you come to church every six, someone looked up, these chairs blue and yellow? Yes, they are. Um, or whether you come every single week, that God wants to meet you here. You guys ready to go? I am a little fired up today. Uh, I, uh, I flew back. Rochelle's grandma passed away a couple weeks ago. She was 101 years old. We did her funeral, officiated her funeral this week. And, uh, it was so special. It was in Gooding, Idaho. There was, uh, there was more people at the funeral than the population of the town. And Rochelle's family has about 75 pastors and preachers in it. So we, we had the most fully loaded lineup of pastors in a chapel with like 50 people in it. And six people gave their lives to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? What's even cooler is Rochelle's grandma didn't fully surrender her life until three weeks before she died. God is so patient. And uh, I don't know who you are today. Some of you are banking on giving your life to Jesus at the end. But I want to tell you two things. Number one, there's no guarantee of where the end is. And the other side I would say to it is, why would you wait to do something so great and waste so much of your life living without God? I believe if God is real, which I believe that he is, 
He is worthy to be fully served, fully worshiped, and fully lived for. I want to serve God before I need Botox. Can I get an amen? So, it was an Orange County joke. Everyone in Idaho online is like, what is he talking about? We'll tell you later. Uh, get your Bible. Uh, let's go uh, Luke, Luke 19. Uh, and this is, a, this is a passage. This is Palm Sunday. So if every year you come on Palm Sunday, they read something similar out of, uh, out of uh, Matthew 21, or maybe it's Mark 11, or it's Luke 19, or it's John 12. It's like it's always about him riding on a donkey with palm branches. It's Palm Sunday. So if you want to get a new passage, you've got to come on a new day. Is that fair? Next week, we're talking about the resurrection, just to give you a heads up. All right. Spoiler alert. All right. Well, hey, if you got your Bible, uh, it says this, verse 28. It says, that when Jesus said this, we, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem, and it came to pass, when he drew near to Bethage, then Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he went in with two of his disciples, saying to them, go into the village. Say it with me. Go. Go into the village, you two disciples, and you will enter in. You will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever sat on. Loose it. Say it with me. Loose it. It's tied up. So loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing the colt? All you got to say is, say to them, because the Lord has need of it. I made a joke last service that you can hop in someone's car today. <laughs> why are you taking my car? The Lord has need of it. Kind of funny. So those who, don't do that. Uh, so, those, so those who were sent out their way found it just as he had said. You ever lived long enough to obey his voice and it turned out just as he said? Man, I'm grateful. It turned out just like he said it. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner of it said to them, what are you doing with my donkey, my colt? And they said to him, the Lord needs it. <laughs> That's a good line. The Lord has need of it. The word Lord here means owner. So imagine this kind of funny, right? That you have a donkey tied up at your house on your post, and two strangers walk to your house, untie your donkey, and start going off with it. And you yell, what are you doing? And they say, the Lord, the owner, needs the donkey. You're like, I went to the 4-H event. That's my donkey. But sometimes you say something with enough conviction. Maybe the Lord does need it. Take it. May the force be with you, right? So let's keep reading here. It says, so the owner said to them, why are you loose? The Lord has need of it. So they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes. What did they do? They threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus onto the colt. And as they went, many spread their clothes on the road. Other, transla uh, other, other uh, gospels talk about not only their clothes, but the palm branches. And then they drew near drawing to the descent of the Mount of uh, Olivet, and the whole multitude of disciples began, and they rejoiced, praised God, and in a loud voice with all the mighty works they've seen, saying, blessed, say it with me, blessed. Say it like you mean it, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I love that if you read actually Mark's account and, and John's account, even Matthew's, they say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Say it with me, Hosanna. So most people don't know what Hosanna means. Some people think that Hosanna means worship. It doesn't mean worship. It means Lord save, Lord deliver now. Lord save. So Hosanna literally means, in Greek, it means, it means uh, Lord uh, save or deliver. And na at the end of it means now. Does that make sense? 
Lord, save now. And so peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called him from the crowd saying, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you the truth, if they keep silent, the rocks will begin to cry out. Now they drew near to him and he saw the city they went, that he saw the city of Jerusalem. He began to weep over it, saying, if you had only known, even you, especially in this day, in your day, the, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. For the days will come, this is what he prophesies that's going to happen to Israel, that, that your enemies will build an embankment all around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because, this is what he says, because you did not know the time of your visitation. This actually physically happened by Romans, by the Romans banked around them in AD 70 and decimated the city of Jerusalem and tore down the temple and it hasn't been rebuilt since. And so uh, this literally came to pass. But Jesus gives an explanation of why things happen like that. It's because they didn't know the window of their visitation. Turn with me to Psalms 118. Psalms 118, when you're there, say, I'm there. Psalms 118, it says this in verse uh, 24. This is the day. Say it with me. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will be glad in it. Save now. Verse 25, that word save now is Hosanna. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, when they screamed Hosanna, they were citing and quoting Psalms 118. I'll explain why that's important in just a second here. But they said, save now, I pray, Lord. Send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We blessed you from the house of the Lord. And they go on. But they literally are quoting in the New Testament, when Jesus comes in on a donkey, they start citing Psalms 118, saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. Y'all ready? I want you to write this title down. This is the day. Type your name. See, this is the day. I believe that this is going to be a day that we have a visitation. This is the day that we're going to have an encounter. And God's going to do a lot in a short period of time. If you believe it, say amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. I know we had a long ways at the beginning there, but I just pray right now, the last 20 minutes we have together or so, would you come in a significant way? We invite you to meet us here, speak to us here, lead us here, guide us here. Holy Spirit, bless your people today. God, I thank you for what you're doing in Orange County. Let, 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 let what happens here shift the region, touch the state, shake the nation, and impact the earth. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And the people of God said a good old-fashioned. Said a good old-fashioned. Who remembers some of the good oldies in the church world? Come on, 90s church songs. 80s church songs, you remember some of these classics? Isn't it funny? You ever seen an old picture of yourself? And you're like, what were you doing? Who's been there before? High school picture, junior high picture. Anyone ever get mad at your parents for what they let you wear? Mom? Really? I thought you loved me. You knew I had pictures that day. You knew that I would look at that picture for the rest of my life. How dare you let me wear that? I feel like some of the songs, like in the, in the moment when you're wearing the outfit, you're so pumped about it. Like I remember loving these overalls, Oshkosh. I love my Oshkosh overalls. Loved them. Got pictures looking back like, Mark, what were you thinking? I know some of you are like, dude, in a few years. You're even thinking about that with your skinny jeans. Whatever. I'm enjoying them in the moment. 
I, I was thinking like church music's kind of the same way. In the moment, you're like, this is awesome. So many old songs we used to sing, right? But you're like, think about them now, and you're like, man, I don't know who wrote the lyrics to that song, Father Abraham. Had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them. And so, it's like, what? What, what, what are we doing? Like, that guy deserves a Dove Award. We had all these songs come out, 80s, 90s. I could sing of your love forever. You needed about half of forever to sing the full song. You had some great songs that came out. You had great artists that sung just brilliant songs. Delirious, right? Some amazing songs. I love Darling Check songs. You better Darling Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Loved her. Loved her. But I was thinking about, man, that old school song. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has. It's like a little Irish jig, right? Yeah, we stop. We're spooked the new people. Honey, I told you this was a cult. Um, it's not a cult. Just old church songs. Promise. We used to sing this song, and we would sing it. And people even say it. Pastors, preachers say it. They're like, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And though that does, yes, it's true. Theologically, it's accurate. There's actually more to the story than we realize because actually, in fact, there was actually a nation of, of Israel that when they saw Jesus riding in on Palm Sunday, they cited Psalms 118 and they declared that this is not just a day, this is the day. This is the actual day. This is the day that all of the prophecies pointed to 400 years earlier. That there would be a Messiah that comes out of Bethlehem that would actually be an innocent, perfect lamb. That it's interesting, even on the 10th day of Nisan, not Toyota, but come on, Nisan, in the Jewish calendar, when all of the Jewish homes were getting their lambs to sacrifice, one lamb per every household. They said approximately one lamb for every 10 people. That They, they said there was 256,000 lambs that were going to be slaughtered that day. So they got them on the 10th day. They killed them on the 14th day of Nisan. But on the 10th day is when they bring the lambs into their homes. And this, my friends, is the day that Jesus came riding in as not just a lamb, but as the lamb that would take away the sins of the world, right? So they're saying, well, this is crazy because, interesting enough, all the Jews, all the scholars knew that in Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 through 27-ish, they actually, Daniel had a vision from God that God gave him the exact time that the Messiah was going to come back to Israel. How crazy would that be? If God came to you 483 years ago and forecasted to you there was going to be uh, three world, two world wars, there was going to be a Great Depression, there was going to be an assassination on JFK and MLK, there was going to be a global crisis, there was going to be a coronavirus, what would you think about a book that would forecast 483 years in, in advance to the exact date that the Messiah would be born and enter back in as the king? That is exactly what happens here. If you read this, actually, uh, many, many people much smarter than myself actually did the research on this, and they discovered, if you look grammatically or, or numerically, excuse me, at Daniel chapter 9, 26 to 27, it basically says from 445 B.C. This is important. 445 B.C. This is actually, they said, from when the walls 
And the city of Jerusalem begins to be rebuilt from that moment until the Messiah enters into Jerusalem. It will be 483 years. So it's like seven times seven and seven times 60 something. It's like, but you do the math on it. It's 483 years. It's interesting that if you read this, very, very intriguing, if you like numbers and you're drawn to some of these facts, that, that, that Nehemiah in chapter 2 of Nehemiah, he begins, we have the exact date that Nehemiah begins to rebuild Jerusalem. We know that he goes to the king and he says, I need a decree from you, king, to go to the, the forest and get all of the, the building supplies I need from those guys over there to rebuild Jerusalem. And they have in the Bible time capsule stamped the date that they began rebuilding the temple. Why is that important? Because Daniel and Daniel 9 said that from the day they begin to rebuild the city, it will be 483 years to the day. If you do the math on it, which a really smart guy, worked for Scotland Yard, wrote a book about this, but he did, he did the, the research on it, and he said that if you go 448, uh, four, 483 years later, you would find yourself at April 6th, 32 A.D., and you would find two disciples that would bring Jesus a colt that has never been ridden, riding into Jerusalem, weeping over the city, and a, and a, huge, a huge crowd knowing that this isn't just any day, this is the day that the king comes home. And that's why they said, this is historic, this is amazing, this was 483 years in the making, and they cited Psalms 118. This is the day that the Lord has made. And they cite Hosanna, save now, right? They say, they cite him, that this is the day that the Lord will come and actually rescue. And so we see here, this is not just a day, it's the day. Notice how important it was, though, that he came riding on a donkey. For those of you that grew up in church, you know this is good news. Because if you would have came into Jerusalem on a horse that day, we know that back in those days, horses, like today, they would represent war and judgment. Donkeys were animals of peace. Military leaders and commanders and kings only went out on a donkey when they were negotiating treaties of peace. Very significant here. He doesn't come into Jerusalem to go to war on it. He doesn't come in to judge it. He comes in to bring. It's important there. Jesus didn't come to bring war. He came to bring peace. But Revelation says that when he returns again, he won't come on a donkey. He will come on a horse. And I'm telling you, in that day, it's going to be a little bit different story. So that's why it's important in the hour and the day of our visitation, we don't miss our window. I believe many people today are missing their window with God. How would you miss a visitation with God? Because you don't acknowledge that this is your day. I believe everyone in this world has something in common, that it's in one day you're born, it's in one day that you, you die, it's in one day you get married, it's in one day you have a kid. Most people underestimate the power of one day. A lot can happen in one day. A lot can shift in one day. You can get the best news in the world in one day. You can get a phone call that takes you to your knees in one day. And I'm telling you right now that many people with God miss the day of visitation because they don't acknowledge the day. These Jews, they shouted on Palm Sunday, Hosanna, this is the day. It was short-lived because they didn't read the rest of Daniel chapter 9. Didn't promise that he was going to overthrow Rome. It says that he would come, it would be short. He'd be cut off. And he was. Friday he was cut off. And there seemed to be a little bit of an interlude of the celebration week from Friday to Sunday. We celebrate it this week. Come back to Good Friday. Come on, get in. 
We'll have a good Friday service. It's nighttime. It's coming Friday. Shameless plug. Everyone should come. Bring a friend. Mid-message advertisement right there. Sorry. Skip bad. Okay. Um, you guys good? I was thinking about this. This is the day. Most people miss visitations because they don't realize the significant moments that God is actually knocking on the door, and we miss out on it. I think most people miss, uh, miss those invitational moments to have a moment with God, encounter with God, to be led by the presence of God. Because number one, if we're being honest, we don't, number one, we don't hear his voice. And if we do, we don't trust it. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but do you ever think to yourself, I know better than God. God's saying to be generous. I'm like, nope, time to save. God's saying to forgive. I'm like, nope, now's the time to hold a grudge. God's saying, no, this is the day that you got to actually be loving. You're like, no, it's a day to be mean. I had a day like that two days ago. When I got on the airplane flying back from Boise, I, I didn't sleep for two days real well. And I got on the plane. My girls were all sitting three rows over here. I'm on my island across the aisle. And there was a guy about 30 years of age that sits next to me. And I could tell he wants to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you ever have a day that you're like, I just want to sleep, Lord. I'm not looking for a deep conversation. I'm not looking to negotiate someone's eternal destination. I just want to sleep. 100% committed to taking a good nap. Get on the airplane, sitting there, getting ready to start reading my book. I haven't been able to read yet. Who's been there before? And literally, he strikes up a conversation with me. Nice guy. And literally, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is it. God, you wanted me to sit by this guy. This guy grew up Catholic. One dad was, his dad, I think one parent was LDS, one was Catholic. So he was Catholic. He was LDS. He went to a Presbyterian boarding school. And then he would go on to go to a Christian university at ANU in Idaho. And he was kind of this like, I've seen everything. I don't really believe in any of it. I don't really believe in God, but I've been asking some deep questions. So I'm half awake. I'm like, God, I just want to sleep. But I find myself sharing my testimony. Find myself beginning to prophesy over this guy. Find myself saying, I'm supposed to pray for you right now. You want to pray? Yeah, I want to pray. Okay, let's pray. Let's get right with God. And I find myself leading this guy to the Lord, give a big hug afterwards. We swap numbers. He's probably watching right now. It's good to have you watching today. But I was thinking about this. I told him, I said, you know what I believe? I believe that the prayers you've prayed, the thoughts you've thought, the things you've been entertaining have led to this moment on this day. God has appointed days of visitations. There is moments that he knocks at the door of our hearts. And if we'll open up, he'll come inside. Appointed times. Most people don't want to hear his voice. If they do hear his voice, they don't trust it. But let me tell you why you should trust his voice. Because there was two disciples that would tell you if they were here today why you should trust Jesus' voice. Jesus told them, go into the village next door. Go to San Clemente. And in San Clemente, you're going to go down to the pier, and you're going to find a donkey tied up. It's not only going to be tied up, it's going to be at the first post. No one's ever ridden it. And when you untie it, someone's going to say, what are you doing? When they say that, tell them this. The owner needs it. Imagine this. These two disciples would tell you today, why is it worth hearing his voice and trusting his voice? Because God is omniscient. He knows everything. Omniscient means omniscience. Omni means all. Science means knowledge. So he literally knows everything. He has all knowledge. We don't know. It's crazy. We knew that Jesus from, from literally, from, from Bake Street, knew that there was a donkey in St. Clemente. It's never been ridden. And I'm just grateful today that we can trust God's word, that we can listen to his voice, because God not only knows where things are, he knows how things are, and he knows the condition that they are in. He knows the past of that thing. And I'm grateful today that God knows when there's things tied up that need to be loosed, and there's moments in my life that I need to be loose, I need to be tied back up. 
I am grateful for this story that these disciples knew. Oh, my Jesus. He knew from a village away that there was. Can you imagine walking up? They're like, oh, my gosh. It's just like he said it was. And as you're untying it, this is crazy. How do you know that? Did he have a Nest camera? Did he have a ring security system? How did he know such things from miles away? It's because we serve a God, listen to me, friends, that knows everything. One time he had to pay the IRS, and Peter's like, how are we going to pay? He's like, go fishing. He says, the first fish you catch, pull it out, open its mouth, there's going to be a gold coin inside of it. Someone say crazy. That is one of those crazy stories, like, really? Is that an analogy? Is that like an allegory of some sorts, a metaphor? No, it's literal. How would he know that? Scholars say, was it the omnisciency of God that, know, that, that knew that this fish swallowed a gold coin that was enough to pay his tax and Peter's? Or was it God's omnipotence? Omnipotence means omni-all. Potent means powerful. We don't know what came first, chicken or the egg. We don't know if it was the omnisciency of God that knew that the money was in the fish's mouth or if it was the omnipotence of God that put the money in the fish's mouth. But we know one way or the other that the donkey was there and the gold was in the fish's mouth. Why would you hear his voice, trust his voice? Because he knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. Let me give you a word of wisdom. God never asks you for anything that won't bless you in the long run. Give forgiveness, that's for you. Give generously, that's for you. Live with your hands open, that's for you. Come on, love your neighbor, that's for you. God asks us to do things to bless us. No, he's trying to cram my style. He's trying to cram rules down my throat. That's religion. Religion tries to get you to conform from the outside in. Jesus will come into your heart and change you from the inside out. People are like, this guy I was talking to, he's like, oh, I was this, I was that. I, I don't have a problem with God. I just have a problem with this, this context of religious. I said, bro, start with Jesus. He wants to know you. Well, the church is this. The church is that. I said, bro, the church is big. I was like, you saying that you don't like this church is like saying that you don't like food because you went to McDonald's. If you said, I don't like any food because I went to McDonald's, I would tell you, I don't like McDonald's either, except sometimes. <laughs> don't judge me. Don't judge me. It's a once a year thing. I'm recovering. No, I went to this church and it was like, this. No, no, that's like, dude, that's like Panda Express. That's like Jack in the Box. You can't gauge the bride of Jesus by looking at one restaurant and going, no, all the Christianity is like Jack in the Box. It's like, bro, the church world is vast. And if you're eating somewhere that's making you sick to your stomach, find a new place to eat. Can I get a good amen? You don't give up on eating. Oh, I got sick one time. I talk, oh, I'm not going back. No, dude, find a new restaurant. Even in the body of Christ, there's some Whole Foods. Come on, somebody. Whole paycheck. You still with me today? I believe that the first thing we do if we're going to experience the here and now, save now, save today, this is the day. We have encounters today is when we are willing to actually hear his voice and trust it. I know this is simple today, but I want you to get this in your soul. If you are willing to hear God's voice, if he asks you to do something you didn't want to do, would you be willing to do it? Quite frankly, I think sometimes God stops speaking because we stop listening. I don't know any wives in here that would have your spouse continue to talk to you over and over again if you are just completely tuning them out. Oftentimes what I found in my life is usually God will tell me the last thing 
that he told me years ago, if I stop listening, he'll go back to the last thing that he said. Jonah ran away from God. What did God say? The word of the Lord came to him a second time. What was the word? The same as the first time. God will repeat what you didn't do last. Good word. Amen. Come on. Say amen. We hear his voice. We trust his voice. Man, we realize that he knows, he knows where it is. He knows what's tied up. He knows what needs to be loosed. God doesn't just loose, but sometimes he ties things up. I'm grateful not only for what God looses, I'm grateful for what he ties up. Anybody else? Man, I'm grateful for the prayers that he didn't answer. I'm grateful for the girls he didn't let me date. Come on, somebody. I'm grateful for the jobs he didn't let me get. There are some things that we celebrate that God looses, but there's other things we got to celebrate that God tied up. That's what God is. That's why we hear his voice and we trust his voice. And I believe we'll get past this. We'll encounter him today if we're willing to hear his voice and trust it. And if we go past hearing his voice, like these two disciples, they didn't just get the colt. They obeyed his voice. But when they brought him the colt, notice what they did. They did something that Jesus didn't ask for. They took their very best clothes off and they put it on top of the colt. And it says that the disciples led the charge. They did it first. And when the disciples did it first, the whole crowd caught on to it. And this is what I believe. Second thing I want you to write this down is I believe that we encounter God here now today when number one, we're willing to hear his voice and trust it. And number two, we're willing to give God our best. I love what Jenna, Jen said in the video today. Jen said that I, I, I never really gave God my full best. I never gave him everything. And I believe there's many Christians in California that are living almost like this super roller coaster faith experience because Sunday morning you're kind of all in and then Sunday night you're all out. Monday you're all Netflix. Tuesday you're all Disney Plus. Cancel that garbage. Come on, somebody. Just until they wake up. I think that this is time for us to literally go, no, I'm going to go all in. I want to give Jesus my best. Jesus said, bring the cult. They said, take my clothes. I believe that God, once again, is looking for people that are willing to actually separate from what they value, what they love. In the ancient world, it's not like Orange County that you got more shoes than there is grass in this turf. They had maybe one or two changes of clothing. And they were willing to give up something that was sacred to them for something they loved even more. That's what sacrifice is. Sacrifice is giving up what you love for something you love even more. I don't, I'm not giving you this building fund because I don't have other things I want to buy. I'm giving up what I want to spend my money on to something that God wants to spend money on for something I love even more. Are you hearing me today? So what do you know about this is that God is interested in us giving him our best. He gave me a revelation years ago that the fastest way to emptiness is to give your best to something other than God. You know why so many people in America are miserable? Because they're given their best energy, their best ideas, their best talents, their best gifts, their best resources. They're spending their very best on themselves. You ever met, you ever wonder why, how do people have everything? You married a model, you're famous, you're rich, you're in movies, you're a political person, you're this, that, or the other. But this guy, he tried to commit suicide. This person got divorced again. They got back together. Like, what's, what is going on in Hollywood? And I'm not picking on Hollywood. I'm just saying, I think that many times we think, if I could get there, then I would be filled. But I'll tell you what the secret of life is. It's giving your best to Jesus. Yeah, it's quiet up in here. You know why? 
because we love to give our best to ourselves. Marriage is mine. Kids, mine. Hobbies, mine. I'm going to spend my money. How I want to spend my money? Where am I spending my money? Travel. I'll go to church when I have nothing else going on. Church is like an extracurricular hobby. And we wonder why our kids are broken, busted, and disgusted when church is an elective credit, not a major. We major in travel. We major in fun, entertainment, sexuality, partying. And we have a little bit of a slice that we go, yeah, Palm Sunday and Easter. That's God's. We want God's full blessing, but we have partial custody. I don't want Jesus to have partial access to me. I want a full-time visitation. That's called a habitation. Can I get an amen? Almost finished. You still with me today? A few more thoughts. We'll land the plane here. I believe that we got to give God our best. They didn't just bring the, go- the donkey. They gave their best close. Third thing they did is they lifted Jesus onto the colt, and the crowd lifted up their voices, and they began to sing, Hosanna. They began to say, this is the day. This is the day. Hosanna, this is the moment. Now, save now. Heal now. Deliver now. Say with me, today. I believe this is the day that God wants to visit. God wants to heal. Some of you already felt it. I, I feel like I'm preaching to people that have already experienced some of this. But I'm telling you right now, why did God do that at the beginning of the service? Because he wanted you to know that he is not just the God of heaven in the future. He's not just the, pa- the God of your past in the, in the history books. He is the God of the now. <clears throat> I have found that religion likes the history of the past. It likes the, it likes the ideas of the future. But dead religion has no faith for the present. And I'm telling you today that God wants you to believe not only for the heaven and the future, not only that God was the God of the Bible in the past, but hear me today. It doesn't say faith was. It doesn't say faith will be. Notice where faith lives. It says faith. You know what is this? It's current tense. You know why most people miss visitation days? Because they have faith for the future. They have faith in the past, but they have no expectation for the present. And I want to challenge you today. Can I just stir you up a little bit? We have so much faith. How, how, who believes we're going to heaven one day? Like, I better be going to heaven. It's fire insurance. Come on, I need something. So many people believe, yeah, I, I'm a Christian. Three billion people out of 7.9 say they have some sort of faith in Jesus. Now, God will tell. I'm not here to judge who's getting in and who's not. But I'm saying this, I think there's a lot of the, the three point whatever eight billion that have a, a name faith, but not a nature faith. A lot of Christians are Christians in name, but not in nature. And I think the reason is, is because they believe that God is good, that heaven is real, but they don't give God their present life. They want to wait till their deathbed. They want to throw one last ditch prayer up. God live for me for for 100 years, 70 years, 60 years, 40 years, and if I get sick, if I get ill, if I'm on my deathbed, then I'll throw some grenade prayer up last second. And maybe I'll sneak in the back door of heaven. Can I just challenge you today? If God is so good, people say, how can a loving God send people to hell? Number one, he doesn't send people anywhere. He honors people's decisions. Why would you want to spend eternity with him if you don't want to spend any of earth with him? That's your choice. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't send people anywhere. He honors your decision. 
My question is, not why, 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 not why would a loving God send people to hell. My question is, why wouldn't people want to have a relationship with a loving God? Here, now, today. This is the day. This is the day. No more. My identity is being a non-believing, atheist, skeptic, agnostic. I'm an intellectualist. I'm an, I'm an academic. I'm this, that, or the other. Listen to me. God is deeper than you. He's beyond you. And some of you will begin to study the deep things of God, and you will find there is no bottom. You ever, you ever heard of bottomless lakes? Yeah, there is bottomless things in the kingdom of God. The great news is, is he's shallow in some areas. So even if you're not very smart like me, come on, we can still touch. But I'm telling you that he is deeper than you think he is. It says, can the, can the clay say to the potter, why did you make me this way? Some of you are talking as though God works for you. He's not working for you, friends. Well, forget God. Well, listen, God doesn't need you. He wants you, but he doesn't need you. And if you don't step up in this hour and turn your heart to him, he'll find somebody else to do your job in the earth. Mordecai said to Esther, he said, look, God brought you here in Orange County. God brought you here to this place. God raised you up for such a time. But if you don't step up, God will raise up deliverance from somebody else. Be who God made you to be. Do what God made you to do. Don't reject him. Receive him. Are you hearing me today? Come on, say Hosanna. Save here. Save now. Come on, everybody stand to your feet. I feel his presence. We're going to be a church that says, God, here, now, you can do it. I don't believe that God has to wait till our kids get old to deliver California. I don't believe that California has to go to hell. I don't believe that California is going to fall into the ocean. I believe ocean is going to come on, cover California. And I believe the glory of the Lord is going to cover California as the oceans cover the sea. I believe the eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard and hasn't entered into the hearts of California the great things that God has in store. God historically has always used this geographical land to revive nations. Revival has birthed in California in the 60s, the 70s, in the 20s, and I believe he's here to do it again. A hundred years after Azusa Street, there's another wave. There's another move. You can feel it right now. Come on, I dare you to close your eyes. I'll have you out of here. Come on, five minutes. He's here. I dare you to invite him in right now. I'll get right with you in a year, God. Give me another year to live for myself. God says, no, today's the day. Today's the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day we say, save now, heal now, deliver now, rescue now. I pray in Jesus' name all over these tents, all over these tents, that you would save now, that you would heal now, that you would deliver now. If you're here today, I feel a presence. I feel this. I feel, the, I feel the love of the Spirit of God covering these tents. Online right now, you feel your heart speeding up. Someone says, someone's, someone's even saying to themselves, I feel like God is speaking directly to me. You know what God wants to do? He wants to visit you today. But you have to be willing to hear His voice and trust Him. You have to be willing to give Him your best. And I'm telling you, life gets good when you give Jesus your very best and begin to lift Him up. If you're here today and you say this, this message is speaking to you and you feel like the Holy Spirit saying it's time to hear God's voice you've been running from the Word of God like Jonah 
and God's words come into you a second time, a 40th time, a 150th time, and God says, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for your life. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. Your mom and dad might, have plan might not have planned you, but God plans you. You didn't come from your mom and dad. You came through your mom and dad. God knows the thoughts that he has towards you, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Right now, right now, right now, right now, this is the day of salvation. Come on, say today. This is the day the Lord has made. Today. Save today. Heal today. Deliver today. Come on, if you're here and you say, Mark, today's my day. You feel the veil coming off of your eyes. You feel your heart softening up. And you say, Mark, I've been running from God, but I'm done running. I've been ignoring God. I'm done ignoring. Some of you were burned by a church. But listen, don't ever let a bad restaurant stop you from eating God's food. Find a new place to eat. If you're here today and you want to make... Make, come on, make Jesus once again or for the first time the Lord of your life, the owner of your life. What are you doing? Say, the Lord has need of it. Why is, why is God untying some of you? Because the Lord has need of you. Yeah, I see him right now. He's untying some of you. Some of you have been tied up for years in bondage, addictions. You've been tied up in, in doubt in skepticism. You've been jaded. You've been critical. You've been gossiping. You've been, you've been stuck in darkness, dysfunction. And God right now is untying your spirit because the Lord has need of you. Yeah, he has need. He has need. He, I need you. Come on. I want you. I, I want you. I, wanna, I want my life to ride on your life. I, wanna, I want you to go with me into the city of God. I want you to, I want you to go with me. Eyes closed, heads bowed, Mark, today, I would hear his voice. I've been running from it or I've never known his voice. Would you pray that today? I'm not getting religion. I'm starting a relationship with Jesus. I'm not trying to be some religious, liturgical expert. I'm trying to be a son and a daughter of God, inviting him all the way into my life. If that's you, eyes, eyes closed, heads bowed, today's the day. Don't wait for tomorrow for something God wants to do today. I repeat, do not wait for tomorrow or next week, next year, what God wants to do today. He wants a relationship with you, and He wants it now. Would you let Him in? Would you let Him in? If you want to invite Him for the first time, lift your hands. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus, lift your hands, eyes closed, heads bowed, hands are going up. I feel boldness today. Many hands going up, many hands going up. I'll give you three seconds. Keep raising, keep them up. No one's looking, no one's looking, keep them up. I want to give my life back to Jesus. One, I want to rededicate my life to God today. Two, first time I'm going to go all in for God. Real high, that's me. Three, real high, real high. I see those hands. I see four. I see five. I see six. I see seven. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Seven, seven, seven. Seven hands. Eight hands. Thank you. I see in the back. I see in the back. Awesome. Anybody else? So good. Come on, Oceans. Everybody lift your hands with those eight people. Come on, let's pray this prayer. Say, Lord, today, save now. Deliver now. Heal now. Liberate now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit now. I invite you. Visit me. Live in me. Move in me. Have your way in me. Wash me. Forgive me. And fill me from this day forward. Jesus name come on that's you come on just put your hands in your heart right now yeah he's healing he's healing he's healing he's healing he's healing he's healing he's here 
If you're here today, I just feel this so strong. You're like, God, God, I, I've given you parts of it, but not all of it. Come on, just put your hand on your heart right now. I want you to make a deal. Come on, a Satanist can make deals with the devil. I believe that followers of Jesus can make deals with God. Lord, today I give you my heart. I want to give you my mind. I want to give you my soul, my spirit. I dedicate my life, my family's life. I want to give you all of my future. All of my days are in your hands. Holy Spirit, would you lead me from here out? Would you guide me from here out? Would you direct me from here out? You know everything. You do everything. You're omnipotent. You're all all-knowing. And I ask you right now to lead me from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you pray that prayer, would you say amen? Now watch this. I just feel like the Lord wants to demonstrate. So cool. We had our friends Mish and Esther. Uh, give Mish and Esther a hand clap today. They spoke at our young adult service on Friday night. It was powerful. First official young adult service. But Mish has a great anointing on his life for miracles too. Come up here real fast, Mish. I'm just going to have him pray right now. If you need a miracle in your body, Mish travels all over the world, has a great miracle grace on his life. It's a, it's a, it's a God grace. It's on our church. But if you, have a, come on, if you have a need of a miracle right now in your body, I just want you to lift your hands. I'm going to have Mish pray. It's all over the room. All over. Come on, just lift your hands. I need a, if you believe God can heal, just lift your hands right now. I don't care if it's an STD, if it's cancer, if it's a virus online, just put your hand on your heart. If someone's next to you, just lay your hands on them as Mish prays. You guys ready? Go ahead, go ahead. I just saw someone with a blood condition as I was walking up here that's going to be healed today and also someone intestines, something, a problem in your intestines. So Father, right now, every sickness and every disease, you paid for every sickness and every disease on the cross. And when we become a child of God, sickness and disease is illegal in our body. Because you're the Lord of our body. And when you're Lord, nothing else can reign, nothing else can rule, nothing else can be supreme but you. So right now we come against every sickness, every disease, every infirmity in the mighty name of Jesus. And right now we command it to just loose our bodies in Jesus' name. We command blood conditions to be restored, cancer to dissolve. I see even tumors someone with even a tumor the size of a golf ball tumors even now we command you to shrink and disappear in the name of Jesus right now we declare alignment in spines in the mighty name of Jesus and we just release heaven come heaven come in this room as it is in heaven we declare that in Jesus mighty name and if you receive that miracle in your body say I receive it now come on say thank you Jesus for what you have done for me I receive it now in the mighty name of Jesus. As some of you even now begin to test out your body, begin to test it out, you're going to begin to feel a difference even now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. On Friday night, we began to see healings. We saw people with back pain get healed, knee pain got healed. I can't even remember what else. Wrists? Somebody with wrist pain got healed. There was neck pain that got healed. I mean, it was, it was amazing. What else? Tumors. Metal plates. That's right no movement because of metal play. We saw some amazing things that God do, so we believe it's happening even this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. You believe in church? Amen. So good. Come on, grab your neighbor's hand as we close. Come on, grab their hand. Come on, just pray this prayer over your neighbors. Say, Lord, today I ask you to fill them up with fresh faith, present faith, that you're going to do great things today, this week, in our now. Use them as salt, as light, to populate your kingdom, 
and to fill the world with your light. Save now, heal now, deliver now. In Jesus' name, people of God said, amen. Come on, give God a good hand clap. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.